Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. Twelve fifty a.m. The fan. It is the fan afternoon show. I am Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz, and we are live from the Lakeland University studios, offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at Lakeland.edu. Also, want to remind you, charging a cell phone can be like getting a booster shot. A booster is given to enhance or restore primary series vaccination, which wanes over time. Schedule an appointment when you are eligible. 414-799-1250 if you want to hop in and talk about either of the topics we talked about today. Talked about the home run derby and if the Brewers could possibly trade for Juan Soto in the first hour, as well as some complaints about Major League Baseball in general. Also talked about the Green Bay Packers and who the most underrated players are going into this season. If you want to talk about either one of those topics, 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan, let's get out to West Alice. Rocket is in West Alice. Rocket, what's going on, man? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm glad you're alive, not dead. I appreciate that. Why is that? <laughs> but my, my point is, um, with the Brewers, um, you know, a lot of fans um, just don't get it. Um we have some bad luck. 2019, Yelich falls the ball off his knee. Gone for he was the best player in baseball when that happened. 2020, um, again, that's a wasted year. No, no one cares. 2021, Devin Williams thinks he can punch through a wall with his hand. Um, so I'm going to digress a little bit and I'll say this, the Dodgers won the world series. They won one and they spent a billion dollars to do it. I'm dropping the mic. Yeah. I mean, what is that just your point there? 
All right, Rock, and appreciate it, man. Yeah, I mean, I got, I, I'm not exactly sure where he was going with that. At least they got a World Series. Yeah, I mean, and they the, don't celebrate a World Series loss like the Brewers do. <laughs> that is true. I mean, they spent a lot. It took them a while, but they ultimately did win the thing. So, I mean, at some point, even though it's a 2020 World Series, say what you will, they ended up winning the thing. So at least they got one. I'm not exactly sure what his point was there. I'm really not. Let's get out to James in Waukesha. James, what's going on, man? Hey, Toby, how are you? Good. How you doing, James? Good, good. You're going to think I'm nuts. I'm thinking outside the box here, all right? Most underrated Packer. Okay. Right now, right now, Bet MGM has the Packers um, tied with the Rams at plus 1,100 uh, 11 for in, in, for fourth place to win the Super Bowl, right? Okay. We're all in agreement, that, and I've heard it on this station, we have one of the worst receiving cores in the league, right? 100%. Our, and, and Lord knows what we're going to get out of our tight ends. Right? Yeah, yeah. So who puts us – who – who on the team puts us in the position to be on MGM to be the third-ranked team to win the Super Bowl? Aaron Rodgers. All right. We we don't give him enough credit. We want to rip him apart. We and 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 I'm in agreement. You know this and this and now all that. But this dude, this dude is different. All right. He. He's going to win his third MVP in a row, his fifth overall. This, Yeah, I mean, I guess by the, the logic that you're using, James, is similar to what I was using with Alexander. I, I think he's still gotten the recognition, but I do get your point. I mean, we've talked about how poor this team has put together the receiving options for him, and yet here they are as one of the top teams to still – Win the Super Bowl according right, to odds right, makers, right, and they're Las still going to be right there. Las Vegas is seeing something, right? That we're, the rest of us aren't seeing. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Right. <laughs> you put him on the field, and you got a chance. Right? Absolutely, James. And, appreciate and it, man. Yeah. All right, buddy. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. If you want to hop in, oh, let's just keep it going. Notebook, Mike. What's going on, Mike? Hey guys. How's it going, Mike? I think you should put this show in the time capsule. It's been something else. Yeah. I missed Trav, though. Did he call? Trav called, yeah. He called early. Damn. I was taking my mom out of the hospital. I must have missed him. Everything Uh, going all right? Yeah, she just, you know, she had cancer, and she has to go for checkups. But on the more important things. We wish her the best. Well, that is important. Uh, the first thing is, I never disagree with a caller. Okay. And I never rip on him. But that, putting your fist through a wall, a, a brick wall, is not bad luck. It's called stupidity. They were rolling, and he goes and does that. And then you put everything on Hater. And uh, I'm going to be quick because I know you got more callers, unless you want to talk more. But And Bart, I'm still mad at him. You can't make the questions too hard. He's going to take his ball and go home. 
<laughs> but uh, I need some softball update here. Uh, I was a one for three last night. I hit the ball all right, but right at people. So I was all right. Sam, how'd you do? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Sam struggled well, a little bit. Listening to the no, here. I haven't played in five weeks because of rainouts, bye weeks, Fourth uh, of July. And my point is, one night of a batting cage. I know. Can go a long way. I'm, I'm here to say. Yeah, unfortunately, there's really literally could, Mike. Unfortunately, there's literally zero batting cages in Milwaukee. Here, real quick, Mike. No, there's one. Uh, uh, I think it's called Storms. Re- real quick, Mike. Go ahead. Here's Trav and Brown Deer for you. You can say hi. Oh. Hey, are you doing, uh, Mike the Notebook? I'm doing good, Trav. Are you? Yeah. No. Hey, You're uh, the only one that gets two calls a day. No, 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 no. Yeah, because it's me and you. But uh, Sam, uh, <laughs> no, no. Hold on before we go on on this, Sam. Uh, the the backyard, you know, with softball, it's pretty good, you know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't have a backyard, but sounds good. No, no, I live in the know, city, but uh, softball or anything. So <laughs> I don't have a backyard. <laughs> no, no, I don't yeah. have a backyard. I don't know what you want me to do. All right, real quick, no, what, no, what you no, got, guys? Uh, uh, backward uh, softball or whatever. So anyway, uh, no point, Mike. Right? Yeah. All right. So I'm willing to do this, bud. Right? The Brewers okay. give up Yelich. Hader and Hira, you know, for if if they're willing to take a Yelich contract, and oh. yeah, who who are they getting? Well, you're getting a well, one, right? Oh, you want Soto for that? Yeah, does it make sense, guys? Uh, that's not oh, enough. Boy, Trav, appreciate it, man. Even Santa Claus, yeah, yeah, because... right? That ain't happening. <laughs> All ahead. right, Trav, Notebook Mike, it's been good All talking right, to you. We got to get some other. We love right, you too. Love, love you too. You guys. All Bye. right. <laughs> I might need to put an end to that. It's getting a little out yeah, of hand. I think that one might be that the last fun, one. It was fun like the first couple of times. All right, let's get out to Nate, North Milwaukee. Nate, what's going on? Save this show for me, please. <laughs> uh, what's going on, you guys? Uh, Sam, uh, it's a Ben Gage, like, it's called like Sun, Sun Prairie View that I go to. In Waukesha, if you... Okay. Well, I'm from Waukesha, yeah, so... Oh, yeah, I know I know what you're talking about. I literally lived, right like... Right off um, 94. Yeah, I literally lived, like, a couple minutes away from that. But, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I live in, like, the east side of Milwaukee, so... I don't have yeah. to drive... <laughs> Anyways, it's not about my softball. We'll uh, we'll get back to that. What do you want to talk about for uh, Brewers and Packers? But, uh, for me, uh, I, I kind of... not. I got a guy who's, like, not, not, like, underrated, but I feel like a guy that people, like, sleep on a little bit. And for me, it's just... Josiah DeGuara, um, we, we, okay. people forget that people forget that his first year he tore his ACL on on like the first game, and um, that last year was really his first year um, playing in the NFL. So he was basically he was basically kind of like a rookie. He spent most of his, he spent most of his first year rehabbing. So I feel like yeah, he 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 makes he he drops balls. He dropped a couple balls, especially a big one in the playoff game and. Sometimes he can get confused on where he got to go, but now that it, now that I feel like he's he has had a healthy season, he's had a healthy off season. Um, being able to be uh, around around the guys and actually be be able to run the plays and get into his playbook, 
I feel like he can have a big year because at Cincinnati he was he was a he was a good over the over the over the middle um, tight tight end and also he did his little blocking stuff and uh, halfback stuff. Um, if you go back and watch, he he caught TDs. He was he was a good red zone target. He good over the middle. Um, and then we see for you can see flashes from him, especially uh, against Detroit. Um, in the second half on that screen, he he has speed. Um, he and he when he caught the ball and he accelerated, nobody could catch him. So I just feel like him him being there, having a healthy off season um, is going to be go a long way. And I feel like he's going to have a not not be one of the greatest tight ends in the league, but I feel like he can step up and and hold water until Tanya comes back. And then when Tanya comes back, you have two dynamic tight ends who can catch and go over the middle of the field. And it takes pressure off of um, Mercedes Lewis to have mm-hmm. to catch, and then he can really focus on just being a leader and being a good blocking tight end and stuff like that. Nate, appreciate it, man. I think that's a really good point. No problem. 414-799-1250 if you want to hop in. Yeah, I think he brings up a good point. Josiah DeGuara, he's going to have a huge opportunity this year to really prove what he is. I think this is a kind of a make-or-break season for him because he's going to have a chance. I'd assume Tunyon's not going to be ready to go week one. I, I just would assume that. So he's going to have a chance right away to kind of take hold of a, a good role in this offense. And then even when Tunyon gets back, they can still use him and maybe almost phase out Mercedes Lewis to an extent and give him more of a break and use him still when you need a blocker. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see Josiah DeGuara kind of show some glimpses. I just need to see some consistency. You've seen little bits and pieces here and there, but you haven't seen enough to make you think that he can be the guy for the Packers going forward. And this is going to be a chance for him to prove that. He's going to have the opportunity. He needs to do it while this opportunity is there for him. Because if he misses out on this opportunity, who knows when the next opportunity for him will come. You know, if it, is it going to come with the Packers? Maybe it comes with someone else. But, I mean, this is going to be a golden opportunity for him to prove what he's worth to this Packers team and be a vital role on this team because they don't have other receiving options. If he can take a big step forward, you could see him being one of the top targeted guys because they're just not proven dudes. And it'd be important for this team to have tight ends that can be in the passing game because I think they might go to a more run-centric offense and an offense where you're going to need more out of the tight ends because they're going to be on the field more. And if you can get something out of a guy like Taguara, you got to be pretty happy with that, and this is his opportunity to do that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue talking Brewers and Packers with you guys. 414-799-1250 if you want to join in the conversation. It's the Fan Afternoon Show with Toby and Sam here on 1250 AM. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm the fan. 12.50 a.m. The Fan. It is the Fan Afternoon Show. I am Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz. We are live from the Lakeland University studios. Charging a cell phone can be a lot like getting a booster shot. A booster is given to enhance or restore protection after a primary series vaccination, which wanes over time. Schedule an appointment when you are eligible. We were talking in the break, Sam. I want to give you a chance to explain to us who Galactus is. All you need to know me, is he's, this, he's bigger than the size of Earth, so that's all I need to know. I like, look, so how does he fit in the cage? You big, well, that's why I, that's why I win. <laughs> One footstep, just boom, everybody's done in the cage match. But I think a lot of commentators agree with me um, from our Knights Gourmet Popcorn Draft mockery. Look, I know I'm going to lose today, and I lost yesterday. But deep down, I know I'm right. So, moral victory. You guys can vote for whoever you want. I just know my team at the end of the day, if we really did this, if we really throw hands, my team wins. Come on, Deadpool can regenerate. (laughs) Thanos can wipe out half the Earth. Toby, you're the last person to talk about this topic today. Yeah, I don't even know half these people. I don't even know how. Scarlet Knight? Who's that? Who? Oh, no, that's the... Um, Scarlet Witch? I don't really know how to explain this to you, but just choosing the latest uh, Doctor Strange movie is the best way I can put it to you. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't understand any of it. I, I really don't. I, I, see, I don't like some of these things where it gets past... I know all superheroes are obviously supernatural. I don't like when they get to a point where it's like, okay, that's not even close to being plausible like dr strange i don't understand and i don't really like he's just a wizard yeah i don't <laughs> really there, i don't all I'm, there not, is. I'm not into that as much as like spider-man or batman or i, I like the old school just basic ones i don't know maybe i'm just right. boring yeah i was just gonna you took the words out of my mouth <laughs> 414-799-1250 let's get out to steve in germantown steve what's going on hey what's up toby how are you good how you doing steve pretty good pretty good I um, just want to talk about Packers, in particular, in the defensive line, if I may. Sure. Yeah, what's you got? Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to uh, – you had a caller before who was talking about, you know, the maybe the worst, quote-unquote, wide receiver corps in the league. Well, I think the defensive line might be one of the tops in the league. We're looking at a very deep deep group in that uh, that front there. I mean, Kenny Clark, in the, I think his, the first time in his career, he actually has some legitimate help. Um, Jaron Reed, I think he, he's a stud. He's not, I wouldn't say a stud, but he's, I think, a solid player. Um, in 2018 or 19, he had like kind of a half or 11 sacks mm-hmm. in Seattle, so he's not too far off of of a solid productive year. Um, he played pretty well in Kansas City last year. He started for him, so that says something. Um, so I like him, you know, coming to free agency. I think Devontae Wyatt, though, I think he's going to make some noise. I really do. I'm looking um, at him as filling a starting role. He's getting that first team reps with Clay Walker um, in, in the linebacking court too. So those two guys in Georgia, I think, can really step up and help out this team. I just think Wyatt in particular, there's something about that guy. He has a tenacity. He just got this mean, like, streak to him that's going to bode well with Clark. You put those two dudes up front right in the middle, that could, that could stop the run pretty successfully, fellas. Um, and then you got guys like T.J. Slayton. There's another Slayton that, that's, on the, that's further down the depth chart. So you got, some, you got some guys. You got some bodies there that really can – Dean Lowry still, you know, part of this team. So, I don't know. Yeah, Sam's think, boy, Dean Lowry. 
No, do not put that evil on me. <laughs> we'll say this, Sam. Hey, even though last year he had a pretty decent year last year. He's okay. He produced a couple years ago, right? Here's my thing with Dean Lowry. The Packers have been playing him as like a number two. Deep down, we all know Dean Lowry on any depth chart and any team in the NFL is a number three or number four. That's all I'm oh, saying. Agreed. Agreed. That's all I'm saying. Dean Lowry has been playing at the number so two. So you feel about Dean Lowry how I feel about Alan Lazard? Dean, okay, no, not Alan Lazard. That's how I feel about Alan Lazard. Dean Lowry is basically a player who is like fringe, still on an NFL roster, and can borderline be cut any day. That's all I'm saying. Sure, but I don't disagree with that. I just he did play tight in over his head last year. He had what, maybe six, six and a half sacks, something like that. Yeah. But if he can, like, I think he's sitting in the role this year by sliding into that third or fourth spot. Yeah, exactly. I'm like I'm Dean Lowry, he's finally playing like where I always thought he should be. So yeah, he should he should have a good season. Right? Yeah, what I'm looking. At, no, I thought like twenty and twenty-five snaps. I think is his. You know, I think a good role for him. Yeah, because he can be. He can. He's a, he's a high motor guy. He relies on just that sheer just adrenaline. Basically, he's not. Oh, he's not a big guy. He's not super strong. He's just gonna give it everything he has every play. So if he can get that, you know, fifteen to twenty, twenty-five plays, that's gonna. That's just a benefit right there. Um, I don't know. And you talk about the the defense in general. Look at the the cornerbacks guys and the the secondary. My God. That's a deep room too. Yeah, that's going to be exciting to watch. Douglas, uh, folks, this is going to be a very good defense. I mean, I know the offense will have deficiencies, and we're going to have to have some growing pains up the season here, fellas. But this is going to be a top five defense. I'm telling it right now. I'm telling you, it's going to be a top five defense. Appreciate it, Steve. You guys take care. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think this defense is going to be absolutely incredible this season. I think they're going to be top five. I think they could be the top defense in the fo- in all of football because. You improved at linebacker, which was the weakness of this team. You didn't think that you were going to necessarily be able to bring all these guys back, and you end up bringing them back. Obviously, the cost is Devontae Adams, but you did bring all these guys back. So you got to be pretty excited about that. And you're going to have guys growing into roles that they hadn't been as accustomed to or they're new to it. You know, Eric Stokes coming up and being a rookie starter and what he was – you know, he kind of got a little bit of a crash course with Jair, and the next thing you know, Jair goes down and misses pretty much the rest of the season, and Eric Stokes had to play a bigger role, and so now he's going to be able to kind of take a step back and be that number two, but he's already had experience of being the number one. He's going to understand things a bit better. He's going to be more comfortable. So I think you'll see him improve. Rasul Douglas, I think we saw the best that you can possibly get out of him, and hopefully he can recreate some of that this coming season, then you got to look on the back end, and we already talked about Adrian Amos a lot and how underrated he is. Hopefully you can continue to see solid play, hopefully improved play out of Darnell Savage. Then you look at the defensive line, which Steve was talking about, and how solid they're going to be. They're going to be deeper than they've ever been, and they're not just bringing in scrubs to help out alongside Kenny Clark. Devontae Wyatt, he's going to be a bona fide run stuffer right away. I'm interested to see what they can develop him into in terms of pass rush. And maybe he's just going to be more so the early down guy, and Jaron Reed can be more the pass rushing interior guy. Because Jaron Reed is a little bit smaller, but he's able to get after the passer. So you're going to have multiple guys there. Dean Lowry's still solid as your fourth guy there. So you got to be pretty happy with that. Then you look at edge rusher, and you got Preston Smith, and you have Rashawn Gary. And I think you're going to see a big jump out of Gary this season because he's the number one guy. He's going to have to 
be a game wrecker at times, and I think he will be. I think that you're going to see him really emerge as one of the top pass rushers in the game this season, and it may not be because of just stats. You know, maybe he only finishes with 10, 11, 12 sacks. Maybe he's not up there with the you know league leaders at 15, 18, even 20 sacks like T.J. Watt. Maybe he's not up there with those guys. But I think in terms of impact, he's going to be – as impactful as anyone at that edge rusher position because he's going to be able to be impactful against the run. He's going to be able to get after the passer. And I think the beautiful part about this defense is because it's so good at pretty much every position, you're going to be able to work hand-in-hand. You know, the, the safeties are going to help out the corners. The interior linemen are going to help out the edge rushers. And so you're going to see offense is struggling to figure out exactly how they're going to game plan. You know, you can double team Kenny Clark, but that might leave a one-on-one with Rashawn Gary, or you might be chipping there on the outside with a tight end, which will help the linebackers in coverage, or you might be giving one-on-one across the board, but Preston Smith now has able to beat his guy. And then you look at the corners and I think they're going to be able to shut down the pass. I'm excited to see what this Packers team can look like in the nickel. Because a majority of teams play out of the nickel. You know, they have their base, 3-4, 4-3, whatever the case may be. But generally, teams like to play out of the nickel nowadays because of how pass-heavy the league is. And the real question when you play out of the nickel is, can you still stop the run while being in your nickel defense? And I think the Packers are going to be able to do that this year because they bring in Quay Walker and they've got solid guys on that defensive line. You're going to be able to run out a unit where you have the three corners in Douglas, Jair, and Eric Stokes. You're going to have the two guys on the back end, Amos and Savage. You're going to keep your two linebackers there, and you're going to have Campbell and Walker, and they're pretty versatile, and Walker's a big guy that can come up and still play the run. And you saw how good Devondre Campbell was last year. And then you take your pick on the across the defensive line. You're going to have Gary out there and Smith, and then you're going to have Kenny Clark, and then whoever else is going to be out there, that's going to be an, a credible defensive unit that should be able to stop the run in a pass sort of defense, right? As a nickel defense, you're supposed to be able to stop the pass, but you're going to be more prone to give up big runs and it's going to be hard to stop the run. I think the Packers are going to be fine out of the nickel stopping the run this year. And that's why I think they're going to have a top defense. And that's why at first, you know, you question that Quay Walker pick, but now you think about how he can play on this defense and how he allows them to play. They're going to be able to play out of the nickel and be able to still stop the run. And that's something they haven't been able to do in years past. You know, in years past, it was, they cannot stop the run. They have Jair Alexander and he's awesome on the outside and they have solid safeties, and that's great, but you couldn't stop the run. You saw it against San Francisco. Now this defense should be able to stop the run as well as having one of the best secondaries in the NFL. The only weakness on this defense would be depth, and if you can keep your guys a majority of the year healthy, then I don't know that there's going to be anyone that's going to be better than the Packers defensively. You know, you can look across the NFL and – Buffalo, I think, was the top-rated defense last year. Is Buffalo going to be better? They bring in Von Miller, but I I don't see Buffalo being better. I don't see a team in uh, whatever you want to say, Pittsburgh, whoever you want to think is top defenses in the NFL, the Rams. The Packers are going to be right there, and they're probably going to be better than them because they just have 
the players. Now, the question is, are they going to play up to their potential? Are they going to play up to the level that they need to? Is Joe Barry going to put them in the spots that he needs to to be successful? And I generally would say yes. I was pretty skeptical when the Packers hired Joe Barry because I'd seen him be a defensive coordinator before, and he'd been uh, pretty poor. And now we've seen a year of it, and he was actually fairly good. So is he going to be able to recreate that and maybe even better now that it's his second year and these guys are going to be more accustomed to the system? Who knows? Because if they can improve off of last year, then that's going to be great. Here's what I need out of the Packers' defense this season. You know, we're expecting them to be an important part of this Packers team. So you need them to be good. There's no question about that. And last year, at times, they were good. But also, at times, they were pretty average to almost bad. And that's what I can't have out of the Packers this year. I need a consistent effort from the defense. I need you to play like that top five defense that we expect you to be against the Lions, against the Bears, but I also need it against the good teams. I need it against the Rams. I need that against the Bills when you go into Buffalo. And if you can get that consistent effort, I think you're going to get enough out of the offense, not because I have trust in anyone else other than really Aaron Rodgers, that I think you're going to be able to win those football games because you're going to put up enough points with Aaron to be able to win if his defense is holding people. And I think these two things should be able to complement each other enough that the Packers should be right there again trying to win the Super Bowl. That's kind of where I'm at with this defense. I think they're top five. I think they're going to be right there all year as the top defense. And if they're not, then I think you're going to be looking at a Packers season that's ultimately going to be disappointing. They're going to come in with sky-high expectations, and if they don't live up to it, I think they'll still win double-digit games, even if they're a pretty average defense. But the Packers of the past, a couple of seasons that you've seen win 13 games and get into the playoffs as one of the top seeds in the NFC, I don't know that you're going to see that again if you have a defense that struggles, because I think the offense is going to take a step back. I'm honestly really interested to see what this offense is going to rank as and where they're going to end up, because last year... With Devontae Adams, they were 10th in yards and 10th in points. So top 10 offense, basically, but number 10. So if they take a step back, how big of a step back are they taking? Are they going back to just 12th? Then I think that's fine. But are they going back to 15th? Are they going right there in the middle, 16th? Then you're going to have to have that defense really step up if you're going to try and have Super Bowl aspirations. I don't think there's any question they'll win the North. That's going to be fairly easy, in my opinion. I think the Vikings will give you a solid test, but if you're looking at other teams, the Lions, they're still the Lions. They're nothing special. The Bears are probably the worst team in all of football. They don't. If you want to talk about bad receiving cores, they've got a worse one than the Packers. Name me Outside of Darnell Mooney, name me anyone on that receiving core. I mean, they just traded for and kill Harry. I think they got Byron Pringle, Valus Jones. I mean, that's going to be a terrible football team. And so you should be fine in the North. But again, it kind of comes back to with the Packers and what you're running into with the Brewers now. Who cares about getting to the thing? Let's win. It's great that you got to the playoffs. doesn't mean anything when you just get to the playoffs. You weren't hanging banners because you made the playoffs. You need to win the Super Bowl. So I think that's the chance for 
this Packers team this year, and I'm interested to see if they're able to reach that potential. You know, you come in with sky-high expectations, are you able to meet them? I think the Packers the last couple seasons have, but this year there's probably more question marks than you've had in years previous. This year I think that entire offense is a question mark, and I don't remember the last time that that was the case in Green Bay with the Packers. It's always been a question mark of defense or even special teams. It's never been a real huge question about offense, and this year it is. I think everyone's pretty confident in the defense, and they're questioning how much you're going to get out of that offense. I think it's going to be a really intriguing season. I'm excited for it to finally be almost here next week. Training camp starts. I'm so excited. Where do you think they finish as a defense, Sam? You think they're a top five? You think they finish there? Yeah, I think top five for sure. I think the question is, are they? can they be the best defense in all of football? Because you were talking about all these other teams. I don't know. Um, aside from the shakeup from a lot of these top defenses from last year, you can argue on paper that the Packers are could be the best defense in the NFL, and then we'll see when it, you know once we get to the regular season. Well, and th- that's why I think that this Packers defense is so intriguing. Most teams, you can pick something on a unit and say, yeah, that's a weakness. Where's the weakness for the Packers on defense? Maybe the only thing I can think of is like realistically, like maybe free safety with Darnell Savage. But even so, like you say, that's a weakness. How many teams would take Darnell well, Savage as that's like free the thing, safety? Though. You're you're t- you're at, you're telling me to pick a, like a weakness. Well, if I, I don't if think I, they have one. If I had to pick one, like well, they got to make a, they got to make a decision on Darnell Savage at the end, like after this year, whether or not. But I mean, going into this season, season, is there like a real weakness? No, not like the Packers' offense. No, I think there's like uh, the only thing I would say is depth, and that's about it. Yeah, I'm just saying if I had to pick one, it would be safety. Okay, yeah, I mean maybe Darnell Savage has underperformed, and but even so, Darnell Savage is pretty good for your worst or your biggest weakness. Like I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I'm interested to see what they can do, and. Gosh, I just can't wait for football season to be here. I love baseball. I really do. I love basketball. But I want to talk some more football. I, I really do. I just want to get into the whole thing. And I want to see these questions answered. You know, we, we can keep talking about the receivers. We can talk about how much they're going to use A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. We can talk about how's Rodgers going to look. What's the whole offense going to look like? Is Christian Watson going to be good? Romeo Dubs. Those we can talk about that all we want, but ultimately we're just we're just guessing. I want to see them on the field and us be able to actually break some stuff down and luckily training camp starts next week. So I'm excited about that. I really am. All right, we're going to take a quick break when we come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the Brewers and We'll talk about Juan Soto as well coming up on the Fan Afternoon Show with Toby Altizer and Sam Schmitz here on 1250 AM, The Fan. 1250 AM, The Fan, wrapping up the Fan Afternoon Show here today on a Tuesday afternoon. I am Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz. We are live from the Lakeland University studios. I want to talk a little bit about the Brewers here as we wrap up today, but I did see one thing as I was scrolling through Twitter during the break. Bill Huber from Sports Illustrated tweeted out a story talking about the Packers and training camp and rookies are reporting this Friday. One of the Packers' rookies remains unsigned at this point. I kind of forgot about this. Christian Watson still is not signed with the Packers. Now, I don't think that there's anything to worry about here. I think the thing will get done. 
But what they're asking for is a fully guaranteed contract. You had some of the guys in the first round, Jalen Petrie, Ebikati of Penn State, those guys that were drafted four and five picks after Watson around there, they've got fully guaranteed contracts, so they're looking for it as well. And if you're a guy like Christian Watson, I think that's fine to ask for a fully guaranteed contract because who knows what happens? You could get hurt and see your career ended. So, you know, that's that's fine. I, I don't think there will be an issue there. I think that will get done here soon. But still just something of interest that Christian Watson still hasn't signed with the Green Bay Packers officially. I want to dive back into this, what we talked about earlier today on the show, talking about Juan Soto, talking about – the Brewers, if they would even have a chance. And Sam, I I guess I agree with you that in reality, they probably couldn't put together a package that would honestly be able to bring back Juan Soto. But if they did, if they did, and you were saying, let's mortgage the farm system for it and give up basically any top prospect you have of your future, I'm assuming you'd be on board with that? Yeah, I mean, I've stated before, when we talk about the trade deadline, really if there's any guy on the market with years of control that the Brewers can acquire and is worthy of being, quote, a dude that could be a threat in that Brewers offensive lineup, uh, yeah, I'm definitely willing to trade the farm because at the end of the day, like I, I, I want guys on this team that are going to help win in this three- to four-year window with another year of Josh Hader with a couple more years of Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff before you have to pay him and potentially lose him. So I just think this is the Brewers' best chance to win a World Series in these next. Really, if you want to do it with Hader, it's this year and potentially next year. But with Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, that's why I say the three- to four-year window. But at the end of the day, I with Juan Soto, like, okay, if I had to put all the realistic stuff aside, yes, of course, I would trade the farm for Juan Soto. What I'm saying is teams that can actually sign Juan Soto to that half-billion-dollar extension also have a good enough package for the Nationals that that can up what the Brewers have for prospects and stuff like that. That's just why I say, like, yeah, I would, I would do it for, like, two years of Juan Soto even, but at the end of the day, the Nationals will always get a better offer than what the Brewers have. Yeah, and I, I don't really think that that was ever a realistic option for – them to end up bringing him over here but I think it's a fun exercise and I think it just goes to show you how a lot of fans feel about what the Brewers should do over the next couple seasons and I think this has been part of the frustrating part for some Packers fans is this is a window right here this is the time for them to try and win a World Series right here and you'd like to see a little urgency and you'd like to see them, you know, maybe spend a little more money or whatever it takes, that's when you want to see them really take that chance. And instead, what you ended up with was Andrew McCutcheon, which, you know, he's been good. He's probably honestly been the best hitter for the Brewers overall this year. But the thing is, it's Andrew McCutcheon now, not Andrew McCutcheon how long ago. You know, it's not the MVP Andrew McCutcheon. When you have a chance to go bring in someone They need to go find someone to bring in to win this thing because this is the window. You can't just let this window go by without really feeling like you've gone all in. Maybe the Brewers feel like they've gone all in. Maybe they feel like this, I think it's around $132, $136 million payroll this season, which is in the bottom half of the league, but I believe it's the most that the Brewers have ever paid for a payroll in the franchise's history. Maybe to Mark Adonacio, 
that's all in. Maybe that's what it is. But it just seems like maybe they've held back a little bit, and all in would show me that you're trying to win in this window, and showing me that you're all in would be looking at top guys on the market. I don't care who it is, whether it's going to be Luis Castillo as a pitcher, whether it's going to be Josh Bell as a hitter, Nelson Cruz, whatever the hitter is or pitcher is you decide, the way you're going to show me you're all in is by going after some of those guys and offering up the Sal Freelicks, the Joey Weimers. I mean, at this point, even a guy like Achurio, if you really felt like you needed to give him up to go bring in a high-level guy. And I don't know if you felt that from the Brewers. I don't know if you felt the urgency And maybe part of the reason that you have this frustration is this Brewers team at times can have the same sort of mentality as their manager, Craig Council. And it's just kind of ho-hum, go along with the go with the flow and, you know, take the punches as they come and figure it out on the fly. When in reality, you maybe you'd like to see them be a little more proactive and create the team that can win this thing and try and go a little bit harder at it. Because, yeah, you can keep going with this team, and in reality, this team's probably going to make the playoffs. They can probably win the Central with what they're at, and that's fine. And you know what? They could probably get hot and contend for a World Series if you want to look at best-case scenario. So I think, yeah, they, they could absolutely do all those things. But why wouldn't you help yourself out a little bit? Again, I think the best example is what Bart said when you look at if you're playing a game of poker, Essentially, what's happened is the Brewers are coming to the table with fewer chips. Why wouldn't you consider trying to bring in some more chips to try and win this thing? Give yourself a better chance. And I'm sure they're going to make some moves at the deadline. I don't think there's any question that at the trade deadline, David Stearns is going to be active and bring someone in to help out the crew. But is he going to bring in someone that's really impactful? You know, Are we just going to settle for another one of these John Curtis, Daniel Norris sort of trade deadlines, which last year their proactive move was bringing in Willie Adamas, and I think that's a credit to David Stearns for making that move. But are they just going to sit on their hands this year and kind of do a similar thing of, uh, we'll bring in some middle relief help, which we need, but we're not going to go swing for the fences and try and do anything. I think if you see a team that is more prone to give up the prospects and go after things, I honestly think that would probably be helpful if you're trying to bring back Burns and those guys in the future because they're going to see a team that's all in to try and win this thing while they realize that they have this window. You know, Jose Ramirez is maybe a little bit of an outlier, but he was willing to take less money to stay in Cleveland. He said he he took a big contract. I'm not going to say he didn't, but he also said, look, at some point I have a lot of money. I, I don't need the money at this point. I'm going to take a little bit less because I want to be in Cleveland. I don't know that Corbin or Brandon Woodruff or any of those guys would ever do that for Milwaukee, but I can tell you one way that they for sure wouldn't if the Brewers aren't going all in while they have a chance right now. I wonder how the Brewers view themselves, too. Do they view themselves as a team that should just win the NL Central and not competing with the Dodgers and the Mets? Or do they think they should be up there competing with the Dodgers and the Mets and they've underachieved this year? Uh, That would be an interesting thing to hear from them because that could maybe dictate a little bit of how they go about things. That can maybe dictate about how they feel about things are going this season. That'd be really interesting to hear 
from their perspective, where do they feel like they're at? All right, that's going to do it for today's Fan Afternoon Show. Tomorrow, we'll recap the MLB All-Star Game, which goes on tonight, as well as continue to talk Packers. Maybe we'll get into a little Bucks talk as well. It's been fun hanging out with you guys. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz. We'll be back tomorrow at 3. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.